HSBC Business Editions Minat. Hello and welcome to this series of podcasts hosted by HSBC in Minat. Over the course of this series, you'll be hearing from regional business owners, HSBC leaders and market experts on themes such as building back stronger from crisis, digital economies, future cities, outlooks and sustainability. Good afternoon, everyone. And my name is Diakon Mekmalbas, the Sustainable Finance Lead for HSBC MENA in Turkey, based in Dubai. Today's roundtable will be focused on natural resources and the energy transition. This is a topic of great importance for HSBC, our customers, regulators, and, the wider, and our wider stakeholders worldwide. Increasingly, it's becoming the most important issue facing the global community, even during this current pandemic. The transition to a low-carbon economy, or what is being referred to these days as net zero, really came into prominence after the signing of the Paris Agreement at COP21 in Paris in 2015. HSBC made its own net zero pledge in October last year, and many of our customers are doing so too. Here in the UAE, for instance, Majid Al-Fatim and Etihad Airways have made net zero ambitions their goals, and the UAE itself is signaling that they may also make a net zero pledge in the very near future. We will look at the challenges and potential solutions to making energy systems more efficient and less environmentally impactful. And joining us here for the panel today is Sophia Hasnui from Yellow Door Energy, Rida Sabuni, a Managing Director in MENA for Energetics, and Henry Jeha from Siemens Energy and Asset Performance. Moderating our panel today is Keith Bradley, Managing Partner at Globally. So without taking up any more of your time, I'll just pass it to Keith um, to begin the panel discussion. Thank you very much, Dieko. Thanks for the introduction. My name is Keith, and as Dieko said, I'm the managing partner at Globally, and we are working with HSBC to deliver the Living Business Program. You've all signed up for the program, and we thank you for your interest in this very important topic. I'm looking forward to talking to the panelists about this uh, about this subject, and perhaps I'd ask Sophia. Just maybe you could just introduce yourself, Sophia, and say a little bit about Yellow Door Energy. Sure. Thank you very much, uh, Keith and HSBC, for inviting me to speak at this uh, webinar. I've been an ambassador of the Living Business Program for the past uh, two years, so I'm very happy to be here today. Yellow Door Energy is the leading solar developer in the region for uh, commercial and industrial sectors. So uh, we are an international company headquartered in Dubai, and we have a large portfolio of leading customers across the UAE, Jordan, Bahrain, Saudi, and Pakistan. So we support businesses, including the leading business participant, to move towards clean energy while reducing the energy costs through convenient solar solution. And we also help them reduce their energy consumption by implementing energy conservation measures and uh, shared energy uh, contracts. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you. Henry, I, I guess Siemens probably doesn't need any introduction, but perhaps you could say a little bit about yourself and the, and the division you're uh, running here. Yes, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And I handle sales and business development for strategic verticals and geographies um, within Siemens' energy and performance services business unit, uh, or EPS for short. In a nutshell, EPS supports customers with their energy and sustainability goals. We be, we've become synonymous with our products and, and services portfolio, but specifically to EPS, we, we offer solutions first and foremost. Thank you very much, Henry. Rida, perhaps you could introduce yourself and, and the company you're representing. Thank you so much, Keith. My name is Rita Sabuni. Uh, I lead Energetics, a uh, business in the MENA region. Energetics is a clean energy consultancy uh, based in Washington, D.C. We've been around for you know 40 years uh, plus, uh, helping organizations and governments uh, with uh, clean energy and then with organizations helping them uh, to basically develop uh, a plan, a strategy for getting to net zero, getting to clean energy uh, using ISO 5001 as a, as a framework. And uh, looking forward to, to talking more about what, what, what all that means. 
Fantastic. It's certainly a very exciting time to be in this space because, as you mentioned, Reid, our technology is really making a very big difference to the possibilities and the ways way companies can reduce their energy consumption. Can you say a little bit more about that and maybe give uh, an example or two of where you see, particularly relevant to the to sort of industries in the Middle East, where you see technologies helping out? Sure. I mean, you know, I think Henry will also be able to get into a lot of technologies with Siemens, but, uh, you know, there's, there's some, some trends, some meta trends going on, you know, across the world, across the region. So, you know, in terms of technologies, give a couple of examples. You know, you have the the advent of power electronics, right? So power electronics using a new, new material systems called silicon carbide or gallium nitride. Material name is not as important, but what they do is more important. Basically, you have more energy-efficient now power electronics. So if that's something that you use in your industry, you could now use those more, those higher-efficiency materials, you know, replacing silicon, right? So that's something that's only been coming out for the past, you know, uh, 10, 20 years now. Uh, it's the same material, by the way, that you see with LED lighting, right, which is gallium nitride. So LED lighting is a technology that has come up over the last 10, 15 years to a place where it's very now uh, – Cost competitive, very uh, something that's it's almost a no-brainer for any organization to change that technology. And I think you're going to see more and more of that uh, over the coming years. Energy storage is another one, for example, that will uh, be a huge factor uh, coming into play, as, as well as, as solar, which uh, Sophia can also tell us more about, I'm sure. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. So maybe over to Henry. You're right. Siemens, uh, I think, has many uh, technologies in its portfolio. Which ones are you seeing being uh, proving most popular with customers in the region? Good questions. Looking at lighting, looking at chillers, replacing them and retrofitting them, we get good energy savings from that. But we've come to a point where anyone can do it. And so what I want to touch on is specifically a more data-driven approach. And I know it's become very generic. Everybody talks about data-driven approaches. but And so what we do from an energy perspective is we come in and we deploy a bunch of sensors all over the place. I mean, you name it, compressors, motors, pumps, fans, uh, on the ceiling, lights, furnaces, the uh, distribution boards, the LV panels. And sensors are very cheap. So it's like we've gotten to a point where it's, it's very cost effective to do this. And the technology I want to talk about is our MindSphere application, which basically applies, takes this data and apply, learns basically what's happening and applies machine learning algorithms to it. So we also help them visualize this and understand the changes that they make, how they can affect their bottom line, again, from an energy and from an operational cost point of view. Fantastic. It sounds very exciting. It really does. And, and we, as you said, we are seeing some very uh, good opportunities with some of the participants in the Living Business Program to look at this area and really get to know, uh, get to understand their energy consumption in, in real time in a lot more granular detail. Sophia, is, I, I know obviously your, your big story is solar. I always say to customers, before you look at solar, make sure you've optimized and you're managing your energy consumption properly and you've reduced it as much as you can. Is there anything you'd like to highlight on the, on the energy management and reduction side, Sophia? Uh, absolutely, Kate. So at Tableau Energy, we, as you mentioned, we help businesses reduce their energy costs while looking at the roof, but we actually also help businesses uh, reduce their energy costs while looking what is below the roof. From my end, what I see is that the most important for the living business participants and other companies is to proceed with an energy audit and try to uh, understand where they stand and what would be the best technology for, the, for their application. I know we're famous for solar, 
definitely our core business, but we, we do offer energy efficiency solution and we do finance that. Fantastic. I guess what can also be very helpful is having an overall energy management system. And that's where uh, perhaps we should touch on ISO 50001 and maybe there are other um, energy management systems that you have experience of as well. Rita, could you tell us a bit more about ISO 50001 and how you've seen it operate and the sort of benefits it can bring? Absolutely. So ISO 50001 is the international standard uh, for energy management systems. It was first introduced in, in uh, June of 2011 by ISO. Um, the most important thing is actually saving energy, actually saving carbon. And it's what ISO 50001 provides an organization is the guidance. It's effectively a roadmap. It's the things that you need to do to more effectively manage your energy as an organization. And so if you're looking to shift your entire organization uh, culture-wise um, into uh, thinking about energy efficiency, thinking about clean energy, then ISO 50001 is, is really the global best practice approach for doing that. Right. So just, you know, in terms of steps and, and bullet points, these are the things you need to do. You need to have uh, targets in place, for example. You need to have an energy team that's formed. You need to uh, have operational uh, and maintenance parameters to better operate your equipment um, with energy efficiency in mind. You need to have action plans to reach those targets. And you need to have proper measuring of energy performance. Right. So it isn't just about kilowatt hours. Right. It also depends on things like the weather, depends on things. Things like your production, if you're a manufacturing facility. So devising appropriate energy performance indicators allows an organization to really measure if you're actually improving, not just reducing your, your, your total kilowatt hours, but in actually improving your, your performance as a whole. I'm hearing those words real-time monitoring over and over again from all of you this Clearly a very consistent theme coming through here. Um, it's no longer, we're no longer living in a world where you get your monthly electricity bill um, every 30 days and, and pay it and, and that's that. Henry, your, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, to make an energy plan successful, you need to have everybody from the top to the bottom involved. And um, as a quick example, I can't name the hotel, but one of the most successful ones I've seen, and they've been doing this for over a decade now, um, they've successfully reduced their energy consumption, their carbon footprint year on year. They can tell you uh, that over the last 10 years, every single year, it's gone down by X percent, Y percent. But what's most impressive is the fact that they had implemented a tool to track it, and they've enabled transparency across all levels of their organization, as well as its hotel guests. I'm sure someone, one of our participants, our attendees, anyone here has been in that hotel and has seen these dashboards all over the hotel and the guest rooms. It's like, this is what we've done from a energy management perspective, from a sustainability decarbonization standpoint. So to reiterate, it's the effectiveness of the system, not necessarily the system that you implement, whether it's 50,001 or something else. Fantastic. Great. Good. Maybe we can move on to uh, solar energy. It's clearly for this region in particular, a really important for source of uh, clean energy. Uh, the regulations vary widely across the region. Electricity tariffs vary widely across the region. Sophia, can you tell us more about what's going on in the region in terms of solar? Give us a flavor of, of the story. Government policies and regulations play a, a very important role in the energy transition on what businesses, uh, on, on how fast the businesses can uh, proceed with, uh, with clean energy. Net metering uh, allows businesses to connect to their solar plant, their solar plant to the grid, and export their surplus energy to the grid and reduce their electricity bills. 
For the areas where net metering is not applicable, uh, then we can build a solar plant on a self-consumption mode. And that means that all the energy that will be generated from the solar system will have to be consumed uh, on the spot during, I mean, during the daytime. And that results on smaller solar plants uh, because we won't be able to offset the same uh, you know, level of uh, energy that is required as we would have done if net, net metering regulation was in place. So definitely the regulation plays a big, a big role. Um, the second factor that you mentioned is the electricity tariff. So there is another point, of course, is um, the willingness of the uh, finance institutions to finance renewable energy uh, projects. I won't go too much into details. Uh, we have HSBC uh, with us, so uh, I know that they are extremely uh, advanced when it comes to uh, to invest in sustainable uh, uh, sustainable projects. Thank you, Sophia. Henry and Rita, is there anything you would like to add in terms of maybe, I, I mean, you've, I'm sure you've seen companies install solar um, in the region. What, what makes a, an installation successful? Solar is great. Solar is becoming cheaper by the year. We all know this. It, it is the way to go. One thing I'd like to stress is I've seen it a lot here. People think it's either solar or energy efficient. So, you know, if we do one, we don't need to do the other. I'm already generating 70% of the energy I need. So why would I do energy efficiency? And that's one thing. And then second thing, again, it comes down to you kind of want to maximize how much you're decarbonizing right there. So we have first started with the energy reduction. So the point I want to make is they can work together. They should work together. And that's probably the best way you're going to maximize, improve your efficiency, reduce your carbon impact and get to your carbon neutrality targets much faster. Yeah, I mean, from my side, couldn't agree more. I mean, solar is just part of the ISO 50001 process that I described earlier, right? When you basically are looking to evaluate your energy supply in addition to the energy demand, and you want to look at your options for for generating electricity. So um, it is definitely part hand-in-hand with with ISO 50001. It's more likely that you're going to find uh, more cost-effective measures that will be energy efficiency, as, as, as mentioned. Uh, and energy management and, and just people and, and data things that don't cost really much at all. The payback, though, across the region, as Sophia mentioned, will depend on the tariffs. It is important to know your electricity prices, and, and then you could then calculate your, your payback if you do want to install the solar system, which I think is absolutely you know fantastic, and, and every organization should be um, looking at solar as part of their solution. Rita, just one one other question. I mean, we've talked a lot about solar, and obviously solar is when it comes to improving the sustainability of your energy consumption, is the big story in the region. But are there other ways that companies can uh, tweak or, or change their energy mix to reduce cost and reduce the environmental impact? Hydrogen is, is getting a lot of prominence right now, um, especially in Saudi Arabia. So that will become part of the energy equation uh, increasingly. And then less on the industry side is electric vehicles as well. Thank you. That's great. Thank you very much, Sophia, Henry, Rida. Thank you all for your time. Diaco, back to you. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for joining today's webinar, including our panelists and moderator. I hope you've all learned something today from the discussions on energy efficiency and the energy transition. So we look forward to seeing all the ESG strategies and initiatives that you'll be developing as part of the Living Business Program. And thank you for joining. That's it for this edition of HSBC Business Editions. Subscribe now to be updated with our latest episodes. We look forward to welcoming you to the next episode.